Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Awesome. We are continuing with Isaiah Unkept, discovering the goodness of God in the mess of life. And I know that some of you may be thinking, okay, it's week eight. We are at the end of the journey. No, we're still going week nine next week. Come on, someone is excited to be in the Word. We want to be people of the Word, amen. So next week, we're going to do some recap of the book of Isaiah. We're also going to have some testimonies of how it has impacted people just reading this book. I know it's not an easy book to read, so we are doing the meaty stuff, amen. The meaty stuff of the gospel, and that takes me to our topic today, we are in Isaiah chapter 60, we're talking about rising and shining, amen, rising and shining, I know some of you know this uh, verse of scripture very well, you may have quoted it before, and I want us to read it, and after we read it, unpack it to hear what the Lord is saying to us, you can uh, read from your Bibles, uh, I'm still old school, I read my paper Bible, uh, and those who are new school, it's fine to read from your cell phones. We pray and trust that they are as anointed as the paper Bible. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Let us read verse 1 to verse 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people's. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. On all nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So friends, from the scripture that we have read, as I said, is a scripture that we are very familiar with, especially if you've been a Christian uh, for a couple of years now. Especially if you grew up in a Christian home, you'll know a song that goes like, Arise, shine, for the glory of God has come. I'm not going to try and sing. My wife warned me not to sing in public, so I sing in the shower. Arise, shine, for the glory of God has come. <laughs> now, let's just take some of these phrases and ask ourselves, what was the prophet Isaiah trying to communicate to us when he said, Arise, shine? We're going to take these phrases and we're going to just camp here for this morning to hear what God is saying to us. When we speak about rising and shining, I believe it is saying to us we need to live Christ-centered, gospel-focused lives. Christ-centered, gospel-focused lives. What do I mean by that? A Christ-centered life is a life that is centered around the Lordship of Jesus Christ. A Christ-centered life is a life that says, I'm a Christian, but not only do I call myself a Christian, I'm a Christian, but I live according to my master, Jesus Christ. So if we want to rise and shine, we need to understand how does it look like to live a Christ-centered life. Can I hear amen to that? So let me just be very forward with you this morning. Please do not call yourself a Christian if you're not living a Christ-centered life. Please do not call yourself a Christian if you're not reading the Word. 
Please do not call yourself a Christian if you're not praying. Please do not call yourself a Christian if you're not fellowshipping with other believers. I'm tired of people carrying the name Christian, but they're actually giving bad media for Christ. We cannot continue to live the way we used to live. We need to live and realizing that the days are short. We're going to live in such a way that we understand that we are placed here as ambassadors of Christ. And we need to implore others. But how can we implore others if our lives are contrary to the Christ that we speak about? A rise shine means Christ is at the center of everything. If we want to rise and shine, Christ is at the center. A rise shine means we are gospel focused. Gospel focused, it means that your life is saying, how do I preach Christ to others with my life and with my words? You know, in this church, you may have heard us talk about how Christ himself said, preach the gospel of salvation. And we also need to preach the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of salvation is the gospel that transforms lives. And the gospel of the kingdom is the gospel that transforms society. It is knowing how do I bring the will and the way of God in all areas of society. Where God has placed me, how do I bring the way and the will of God where I am? So as we look at this arise and shine, the bright future of God's people calls for a cheerful expectancy by faith. We need to ask ourselves, how are we rising and shining? And we do it with an expectation that comes through faith. Let's look at it this way. I'm taking a short left now to uh, Isaiah 58 to help us understand practically how does it look like to rise and shine. We say when we rise and shine, we live Christ-centered lives. When we rise and shine, we live gospel-focused lives. So this is a gospel-focused life. When you read Isaiah 58 from verse 1, it describes how people would normally fast. And in those days, they will fast by uh, staying away from food. But at the same time, they will be uh, telling other people that they are fasting, just shining in their way of how they are fasting and just doing it for their own glory. But God says, no, that's not the kind of fast that I expect from you. That's not the kind of worship I expect from you. This is the kind of fasting and worship that is gospel-focused. He says, not that kind of fasting, but this kind of fasting I want. To free those who are wrongly imprisoned, lighten the burden of those who work for you. All right, I know that I'm reading the NLT, the New Living Translation, so it's alive. It's alive and it's speaking to us. If you are a boss, if you are a manager, if you are a leader, how are you treating your people? How are you treating your people? If you are given a responsibility to lead people, yes, they need to be productive. Yes, they need to bring their A game. But at the same time, as children of God, the Bible says, lighten the burden of those who work for you. It's a matter of justice and righteousness. You know, Pastor Lereko spoke so well about justice and righteousness last week. Everywhere in the Bible you read about justice, you'll find righteousness. When you read about righteousness, you will find some form of justice there. It means that as leaders, we need to lead with justice and righteousness. Right standing with God and right standing with others. That's righteousness and justice. 
So I want to challenge those who are leading people. How we treat your people will determine the blessing of God that's going to come. How we treat people will determine how God is going to bless us. In case you were wondering where I get this from, right here in the Bible, it says, let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind the people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Let's pause there. Let the oppressed go free and set free those who are oppressed. For me, that is preaching the gospel. Let me bring it down to this. I've been involved with a number of transformation initiatives, whether in the city or in our nation. And I've noticed that from time to time, we do this amazing project, but I'm here to submit to you, unless there's a transformation of the heart, society will not be transformed. Unless the heart is transformed, people tend to go back to their immorality. People go back to their corruption. People go back to their greed. People go back to the way they live, even while they still use the term, I'm a Christian. The Bible says, let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. We remove the chains by preaching the gospel. By preaching the gospel. When we share our food with our hungry, we are rising and shining. When we care for the poor, we are rising and shining. When we give shelter to the homeless, we are rising and shining. Some of you will remember a few weeks ago, I shared that there was a company in the church that got some food together and delivered it to Alexander to be a blessing there. A few weeks later, someone in the church says, I've got these blankets that I have. I want to donate and give them to Alex. What are we doing? We are putting clothes on those who need clothes. Bible says, give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. I know we need to qualify that one. Do not hide from relatives who need your help. I warned you that it's alive. Do not hide. Okay, fine. Yes, you need to help the relatives that need help, but we need to have boundaries. We need to have boundaries, right? Okay, my wife and I, we have a principle. We say, we will give when it's food-related. We will give when it's education-related. We will give also when it's health-related. Like some of you, I'm sure you get airtime requests. Now it's moved to data requests. You know, the, the list goes on and on, you know. And, and yes, we need to help, but we need to have boundaries. Can I hear amen to that? I'm just preaching the Bible. I'm just preaching the Bible. It says then, can we all say then? Yes. When we do all these things, there's a blessing coming. Then your salvation will come like the dawn in the morning and your wounds will heal quickly. I love this promise. When we do these things, salvation will come and we will recover quickly. And it continues to say, your godliness will lead you forward. Your godliness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The glory of the Lord will guard you from behind. We're not done with the then yet. Look at this. In the next verse, it says, then, can we all say then? When we do all these things for the poor, for the downtrodden, when you call, the Lord will answer. Maybe you're wondering why some of your prayers or your prayers are not being answered. Maybe your prayers are self-centric, not Christ-centric. Maybe your prayers are self-centered, not Christ-centered. 
Maybe your prayers are focused to yourself and forgetting there's the poor that needs your prayers. I like how Pastor David Webb uh, puts this Isaiah 58. He's here, and we're going to ask him again. Pastor David Webb, we're expecting a book. I hope the book is coming. Pastor David, you want to say something? Pastor David says, these are the big five that as a church of Jesus Christ, we're called to address in our nation or in the nations of the world. The first one is the widow, the orphan, the poor, the refugee, and the oppressed. The widow, the orphan, the poor, the refugee, and the oppressed. When we do that, can we all say then? Then you will call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I'm here. He will quickly reply, quickly, I like that word. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing finger and spreading vicious rumors, especially around the vaccine and other things. Stop spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light, again say then. Then your light. This is where it comes from. Then your light will shine from darkness, and darkness around you will be as bright as noon. It's the then part that I'm interested in. When we do all these things, when we remember the poor, when we remember the oppressed, when we remember the orphans, when we remember all these people, then our light will shine. So I want to share a few stories that will help us to understand how we should shine as the children of God. You know, we have this very conviction that I believe it's, uh, it is when we seek the righteousness and justice for the oppressed that we rise and shine. When we seek righteousness and justice for the oppressed, it is when we rise and shine. You know, a few weeks ago, I was... Uh, Driving with a guy by the name of Zilas. I'm sure some of you know who Zilas is. We've seen him do the, uh, uh, the announcements. We've seen him on the screen. Uh, Zilas is one of the leaders uh, in the evening service. And he was telling me that at the height of COVID breakdown last year, he lost his income and he had to move back with his family. He lost his car. His car was repossessed. And he reached out to the community of believers, people in the church, and people started giving. They gave enough so that he could pay all the arrears, and he got his car back. That was just the first of part of the testimony. Amen. That's what church is supposed to be. And in the middle of the trial, while he was getting help from the community of believers, someone who was helping offered him a work contract. He got a job in the middle of his trial, so the word of the Lord for some of you, whether online or whether here in person, is through your trial, it may just become a triumph. Your trial, your tragedy might just become your victory. God is a God who cares for the people. And in case you think the story is over, uh, he tells me that at the end of August, he paid off his car. I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you care for us. You care for us, and we do well to care for others. That's how we rise and shine. I'm going to give you some highlights from some of the work that we do in this church. You know, African Havens, if I had time, I would spend the whole afternoon telling you about the work that David and Caroline Webb do and 
with a staff of about 30 people. If you do read the emails that we sent, uh, you would have read the details and some of the stories of what African Havens is doing. I'm going to give you just some highlights, and let's celebrate the rising and shining of God's people. You know, David was giving me the stats. We have seen over 200 children being adopted through the African Havens. We should pause and say, thank you, Lord. Those kids will just be orphans, but they have now been taken in. They have their forever families. I've seen how David and Caroline have sacrificed to take the orphans into their home. Not just saying, okay, someone else will do it. We will do it. David was sharing with us, and it's also on the report that was emailed to you, that in 10 months last year, not the full calendar year, we received gifts of 7.8 million rains to the African havens. 7.8 million. That counts for something, amen? We are able to do the work that we do because of your generosity. And we know that we also have churches in, in, in other parts of the world and in the U.S. that are giving towards the work of the kingdom. But I want to also tell you that when you do the work of the kingdom, there will be pushback from the enemy. It's not like the enemy is happy with the work that we're doing. As we are speaking right now, we are fighting with the Department of Social Responsibility because they are not, I call them social responsibility, social development, because they are not registering our homes. I mean, all the work that we do and not asking anything from government, if you've been following on the news, we are going to court again to get these homes registered. So please pray for us. Please pray for us. Pray for the webs, for the work that they're doing, taking the orphans into homes, some of them into their forever families. I feel emotional just talking about that because some of those kids, they will be street kids today. They will be living on the street, if not dead. The Ayanda Fund, we started at the beginning of this year. Some of you will remember when a dear sister in the house of the Lord passed away, a mother of five children passed away to COVID, we prayed, we trusted the Lord, but God in His sovereignty, He knows better than us. And she passed away, and we started this fund to help families who've lost either a breadwinner or a spouse during the time of COVID. And uh, we have raised, from beginning of the year to today, 280,000 rents, and we've paid school fees for three of those children up to today. <laughs> Praise God that as a family of church, we are rising and we are shining. When we rise and shine, the blessing of the Lord will come and will be a blessing to others. With the Ayanda Fund, we are also in the process of helping this family. They lost our dear brother, Lennon, who passed away sadly and tragically epilepsy. And uh, Leti is now having to raise this beautiful twins, Nozi and Enzo. And we want to come around them and be a blessing to them. So this is a good time if you want to take a picture of this or a screenshot so we can be able to bless this family in their time of need. Can I hear amen to that? We want to be a church that cares. We want to be a church that cares. I also want to just give a bit of a shout out before we continue on our crisis relief fund. Our crisis relief fund has been running from the xenophobic crisis that started in uh, 20, uh, 2008. And last year with COVID, we were able to help 500 families. We were able to help 500 families. And we were able to get gifts that amounts to 1.2 million rents. 
I want to just give a shout out for this church and your generosity in helping the poor. We are rising and shining for the Lord. Amen. And I'm grateful to the Lord for even the churches that partner with us all the way from every nation global to help us to help those who are in need. Now, coming back to the scripture that we're reading, by the way, we're still in verse 1. <laughs> we are still in verse 1. We just we want to be people of the word, right? Verse 1 and phrase 1, arise, shine. Phrase 2, it says, for your light has come. Isaiah was a messianic prophet. He was pointing us to Jesus. So when he said, your light has come, he was speaking about Jesus, but he was speaking about the two dispensations of the coming of Jesus. The first dispensation, to give you a little bit of theology, is the first coming of Jesus Christ. And the second dispensation is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Didn't we say we're doing the meaty stuff now? When we read the Bible, it says, for your light has come. It means that the first coming comes to empower Jesus. It comes to empower the church to rise and shine. And the second coming, the fulfillment of all the promises. These are the words of Jesus himself. Your light, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand so that it can give light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to God your Father who is in heaven. I know some people will argue that, why do you talk about the good things that you're doing as a church? The Bible says, so that they may see the good works and do what? Glorify the Father. They may see our good works and glorify the Father. We are doing all this so that God will receive the glory. God will receive the glory. We want to rise corporately but also individually. There are things we do corporately, but you as an individual, this is where the challenge comes. We partner with what we're doing corporately, but individually, what is God saying to you? Are you living for your own glory or are you living for God's glory? You know, if you notice in Scripture, every time light is mentioned, you will find glory. Or you can just do a word study and search and you'll find light mentioned, glory mentioned. And glory means something that is weighty, something that is heavy, carrying the presence of God, being a glory carrier. Let's look at it here. The next phrase says, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The word glory means heaviness or weight the honor and respect that a person carries. But fake glory fades and real glory stays. Fake glory stays, real glory fades. What's the difference between fake glory and real glory? If you are living your life to show forth, your, the, are you living your life to show forth real glory, which is God's glory, or fake glory, which is your own glory? Let me unpack that for us. I like how Lereko puts it. He says that, are you promoting your own brand or God's brand? Are you promoting your own brand or God's brand? Uh, let me blow a bubble for some of you. Maybe you have uh, been following the Olympics and the para Paralympics. Did you know that the gold medals are not all gold? The entire gold medal doesn't have all gold on it. It's actually 95% silver. We've plated with six grams of gold. I'm so sorry for those who've been going after the gold. 
It was in 1912 that actually they stopped producing the full metal that is all gold. Because stuff happened, Greg. The metal started disappearing. And maybe it was also for economic reasons that they started doing. For me is, what's the kind of glory that you're after? What's the kind of glory? Your life. What's the kind of glory that it's showing? Is it your brand or is it God's glory? So when we shine for God, we will show forth His glory. I like the fact that there's promises that come. You can take this home and read the entire verse uh, in the entire chapter. There's promises that come when you rise and shine. Verse 2, it speaks about the promise that will come. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise. That word comes again. The Lord will arise upon you. And his glory will be seen upon you. The glory of the Lord will rise upon us. And nations shall come to your light. Those who live for the glory of God will be seen. And God will make clear the public distinction between those who are his and those who are not. I know that in the time of COVID, the church of Jesus Christ has been challenged. But I want to tell you the good news. The true church of Jesus Christ will rise and it will shine. The true church of Jesus Christ will not be stopped. It will rise and it will shine. So this is the promise that I'm standing on. I want to just jump to this promise in verse 3. And the nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your shining. Let me put it in today's English version. Nations are coming and kings are going to need sunglasses because the people of God are going to shine bright like diamonds. That sounds like some song that someone wrote. We're going to shine like diamonds, amen. But we're going to shine the glory of God. This is the promise when you read Isaiah 2 verse 3. It shall come to pass that in the latter days, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established. The church of Jesus Christ will be established. Amen. That's the promise. That's the promise. It shall be established as highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He may teach us His ways and that we may walk in His path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So this is the promise that we're standing on, that when the church of Jesus Christ rise up to be above all the other mountains, people will stream, people will flock to the house of the Lord. Amen. I know for some of you who are streaming online, you're like, wow, it's in the Bible that you can stream to the house of the Lord. But we also want to stream physically in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to close with this before I share a testimony for us. God will be our glory, our security when we rise and shine. There's a promise there when you read it in Isaiah 60, verse 19 to 21. The promise that the Lord is giving us is that He will be our glory. He will be our son. He will be one who will protect us even through the challenges that we're going through. I want to share a story that someone in the church shared with me. Some of you may know him, Zael Hechter. His dad uh, passed away a couple of years ago, and in the middle of the 
trial, in the middle of the tragedy, God showed up for Zael. And Zael started thinking, if I'm struggling so much with my dad's estate, maybe there's an easier way to do this. And Zael came up with an idea. And as we speak, Zael left his job and he's got a company called Smart Wheel that is based on this mission, eradicating generational poverty. Eradicating generational poverty. His business is doing so well that even now, during the time of economic recess and the famine that we're experiencing, that they've had to employ 15 people, one five people in this time. And that's just, that's just part of the testimony. They've employed three people from the church. Two of those people were retrenched. Now they are in work. They got work because someone chose to start a company that will glorify God. But also because he understands Deuteronomy 8, 18, the Bible says, God will give us the ability to produce wealth so that he may establish his covenant here on earth. Zale's company is doing well because their, their, their goal is not just to make money. Their goal is to eradicate generational poverty. Their goal is to look after the poor, to care for those who have lost their loved ones. Their company is doing so well. Even in the middle of all the challenges that they have, they are pressing on. Zale was telling us that what has been so amazing is... Um, Every morning they come to the office, the staff members, they come together and they pray without them being asked by the boss to pray. They just come together and say, we want to pray because we see the purpose of this company to eradicate generational poverty. So I want to pray this prayer for businesses that are represented here, or maybe that you are online, that you will trust God to give you breakthrough even in the midst of famine. That you will trust God to see His glory shine because you are changing your focus to serve glory to His glory. Let's stand to pray. I'm also challenged by this word to ask myself, how am I living my life? to be Christ-centered and to be gospel-focused? How am I living my life to make sacrifices to think about the poor, to think about the oppressed, to think about the widows, the orphans? Maybe there's some sacrifices we need to make so that we can care for the poor. Father, I pray that God, we will reflect on this word even as we go home in the afternoon or maybe online, those who are joining us online, that you will speak to us what needs to change in our lives to be Christ-centered and gospel-focused. Lord, we know that when we do that, then the blessing of the Lord will come. I pray, Father, this morning that, God, we will be convicted in areas where we have been self-centered. Lord, convict us in areas where we have just thought about ourselves and not thinking the big picture that you've given us in Isaiah 58 of how we should fast, how we should worship you, Lord God, with our time, talents, and treasures, Father. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us also, Lord, we will walk out of here and say, I cannot continue to live life the way I've lived before. 
if I want to shine for Jesus, if I want to shine for Jesus, some things must give. And in the way that I live, my life should glorify only God. We don't live for our glory. We live for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.